Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you're excited for the game against Buffalo tomorrow. We got a quick preview episode for you here today. Get you excited. Give you all the information. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready to place some good bets. Got it all for you. One quick update. We did record this on Wednesday. Uh, So we did a recruiting segment where I talked about how there's not a whole lot of news, but there has been an update since we recorded. It looks like we'll have two big time prospects on campus this weekend. We've got Theo Johnson, top tight end. I'll talk about him a little bit later, Um, but this will actually mark three times he's now scheduled to see Penn State this season, uh, which is huge. And then also Dante Thornton Jr., uh, top wide receiver for the 2021 class, who is scheduled to be on campus this weekend. You might remember he has recently reopened his commitment, was committed to Penn State for quite a while, but, um, you know, has taken his time to look elsewhere. So it's really great to get him back on campus. I'm sure there's a bunch of other visitors, but those two guys are the headlines. Like I said, we got a whole lot more information for you. Let's get it. Wednesday, September 4th when we're recording, but while you're listening, it's going to be Friday, September 6th, so we're going to do a little bit of time travel here. Um, This is our Buffalo preview. Hopefully you guys have listened to our Idaho recap by now. If not, check it out. Uh, Thanks for listening to this one. So this will be a quicker episode. Uh, Like we've talked about, we want to stay consistent, want to give you guys two episodes a week. Uh, Normally the recaps will come out a little bit earlier, Mondays, Tuesdays the latest, but holiday weekend got us this week, pushed it out a little bit. And then these previews will, will likely come out on Thursday. So today we're going to be talking all about the Buffalo Bulls, I believe they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, uh, I want to talk a little NFL news. So uh, as we know, the NFL season is upon us. As you're listening, first game was last night. Did you catch it? Bears-Packers. It was sick. Oh, so much fun. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but we have uh, a couple a couple things to talk about about Penn State players in the NFL. Um so first, the unfortunate news, uh, everyone knows NFL is a business. There are cuts that happen, and, and we saw some guys get cut. Um, the most notable, uh, obviously a feature on Hard Knocks, our guy Jason Cabinda, cut from the Raiders, uh, unfortunately. That, that one was yeah, hard to one watch. One week after we said he was not a risk at all. Not a risk at all. Like They featured him so much, and I, again, I guess they have to do that for like the bubble players, but I, I didn't think there was a chance, man. They, they loved him. His mom was like such a big big uh prominent character in the show and then uh yeah they they cut him and it's it's funny like you always see this on hard knocks when they cut them like the coach tells them how much he loves him and if any other team wants a reference i'll i'll give you i'll give you a plus plus and it's like yeah it's kind of cool but at the same time it sucks um good news however though is i mean later on in that episode maybe even the very next scene uh he had already been picked up by the lions to their practice squad so not exactly on a 53-man, but uh, another shot to kind of work his way in uh, with the Detroit Lions. So, Jason, My guess is he will. Yeah, we wish you the best of luck, man. Uh, a couple other notable cuts. Marcus Allen from the Steelers, unfortunately cut, um, but he went unclaimed on waivers. They picked him back up for their own practice squad. So he remains with the Steelers organization, currently on the practice squad. Kevin Givens, same thing. Um, had a really good preseason. You know, he went undrafted this year, uh, with, was taken by the Niners as an undrafted free agent, um, and showed some flashes. Um, you know, he had, he had a one game where he was getting some viral buzz on Twitter about, you know, being a real force on that D-line. Um, but same thing, he was cut and, uh, you know, went unclaimed, so they were able to pick him back up. So he's still with that organization. 
Uh, those are the only three guys that are on practice squads that I can find right now. Uh, the rest of these guys are all cut from their respective teams uh, with currently no job, as far as I can tell. That sounds more grim than I meant it as I say it out loud, uh, but hope you guys find work soon. Uh, Saeed Blacknell cut by the Dolphins, uh, or they, they say waived from the IR, so I guess he was... I guess he was hurt or something. I don't know. I didn't see it, but he is no longer with the Dolphins. Anthony Zettel cut from the Browns. That sucks because I love Anthony Zettel. That's a bummer. Remember when he tackled a tree? <laughs> yeah. That was wild. Oh, yeah. And the, my favorite video of all time is his uh, spin kick of the water bottle. Unbelievable. Almost decapitated a young Saquon Barkley. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sam Ficken cut from the Packers. I feel like this guy has ah. been on every team. Yeah, he's been around the league. He's he's been around. I mean, I I don't think he's bad. Like I think he's I think he's pretty good. So I'm sure he'll yeah, find but there's somewhere. just room for one guy on each roster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Ross Travis, former Penn State basketball player, uh, was cut by the Colts. He, he's shown some flashes. Wait, in the what? NFL. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't hear about this? Have you heard about no. this? No. Yeah, Ross Travis, former Penn State basketball player. He's a tight end in the league. He's played for a couple of years now. Um, and like, I mean, he's not. You're not going to pick him in your fantasy drafts, but he's a decent player, you know. Um, so he was with the Colts, and same thing. He had, I think he had at least two touchdowns in the preseason. I didn't look up all these guys' stats, but he can play. So that sucks. Uh, Koa Farmer, also cut by the Raiders. Haven't heard anything about if they're bringing him back on the practice squad. Um, DeAndre Tompkins, cut by the Eagles. Wisniewski, cut by the Eagles. That one was kind of shocking to me. I know he's really? old. I know that's he's old, but that's kind of crazy. Surprising, too. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, Jets, if you're out there, we could use O-line help. Pick them up. Uh, yeah. And then the last one, this is not a cut, but a retire. Garrett Sickles retired. Um, I think he was with the Rams most recently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's a business. It's unfortunate, but those are your guys that are currently looking for work. A whole bunch of guys that are on 53-man rosters. Obviously not going to run through all those names, um, but, but there's a bunch, so it's pretty cool. Uh, a couple of cool notes. First one, Saquon named a team captain for the New York Giants in year two. Thoughts? Great decision. I love it. It's a great I think uh, and it's like obvious choice. He's the best player in the world. Uh, he's obviously a tremendous human being. Um, best person in the NFL, clearly. You know. Yeah, I mean the list goes on. You, you could keep going on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it is an easy choice. Like it's just, I mean it's cool to see like a second year guy having that much leadership over the team already um speaking about being the best person in the world went viral recently that he was giving out uh like backpacks to kids in the bronx that was awesome of course he was awesome he's just the man um another cool thing and i mean this this shouldn't be listed under cool things because he did get drafted but i'm just super excited nick scott on the 53 man roster for the yeah. los angeles rams hell yeah that was awesome yeah super super happy uh, and then another note that I actually I, I thought was super interesting as I was looking at the Rams' 53-man roster, another guy on their roster, uh, you might remember this name, Troy Reader. Do you remember him? No. Troy Reader, <laughs> linebacker from Penn State. He, uh, I want to say 2015, 2016-ish, uh, transferred to Delaware after his first season or two. Um, I don't remember the reason. Okay. This is way before the transfer portal, so... Um, I think he had to sit out a year and then uh, had a really good career at Delaware. And I guess I obviously went undrafted, but yeah, he's on the 53 man roster. And that's, that's pretty damn cool. Um, so yeah, that's well, the NFL of course. news. 
What's that? The, the big one that was all over Twitter was Trace McSorley making the 53 man. Yeah, I, I didn't and, even write that one down just because, like, I, I've been saying it for months. Well, yeah, I was surprised that we were surprised. You know, well, that was the thing for me. I was surprised that people were surprised. Yeah. Um, and I, I've said this, I think, even on the show before. Like, I've never seen an NFL team's Twitter account show more love to a sixth round pick. Like, and it, I don't know, maybe they're and a backup. Just, yeah. And, I mean, third string, really, if you think about it. Like, Robert no, he's was their second. Um, well, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that. I mean, he balled out that last, you know, was it the third game? Um, just absolutely crushed it. So yeah, super happy for him. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um, you know, whether it is uh, in this sort of Taysom Hill role, if he actually plays on special teams, like it, it'll be super interesting, but very happy for Trace. Um, yeah, and a bunch of other young guys who will be getting their first real action uh, this week. So shout out to the Penn Staters in the NFL. We love you guys. For college this week, we have the Buffalo Bulls. So um, did a little research today. We're going to give the listeners just a little bit of background on this team. Um, so last year, they went 10-4 and four in the MAC. This is the first time the team ever has won double-digit games. Okay. Coming off of something big here. Uh, so they won the MAC East, which obviously everyone knows is one of the most competitive divisions in all of football. It's up there. <laughs> uh, so they go to the MAC title game, and they lost to Northern Illinois 30-29. to 29. Uh, Real nail-biter. I think everyone remembers this. I mean, everyone watches the MAC championship. Uh, crazy thing, though, they were up 29-17 going into the fourth. Northern Illinois comes back, rampant victory, and, you know, rides off into the sunset. Um, so Buffalo then goes to the Dollar General Bowl, you know, the prestigious Dollar General yeah. Bowl. Uh, and they lose. Day, right? What's that? That's on New Year's Day, right? Is it? Yeah, definitely. I think so. <laughs> it's one of the big six. <laughs> uh, they lost to Troy in the Dollar, Dollar General Bowl, 42-32. to um, so obviously a good season for them, hitting double-digit wins, uh, kind of a letdown towards the end. Uh, they did have the MAC Offensive Player of the Year in Tyree Jackson, who is a current NFL hopeful. Uh, I know he went undrafted. I think he's working his way around practice squads as well. Uh, they had the MAC Coach of the Year in Lance Leopold. So um, some notable wins. They beat Temple 36-29, which. Temple's not a great yeah. school, but when you're in the MAC and beating, you know, a team in a, a better conference, that's that's pretty good. Uh, speaking about teams in better conferences, they also beat Rutgers, forty-two <laughs> to thirteen. I remember that, <laughs> forty-two to thirteen. Like, I, oh, I, I hope I have this that. right, and I didn't look up the wrong thing. But no, like, no, no, you're right. That happened. And again, happened. I think we all know Rutgers is Rutgers, right? Like, it's it's not even to write home again. It's a Big Ten team. Yeah. And the MAC just shit on them. Um, and then they dominated the MAC. They won all of, all of their games in the MAC. Um, averaged 35 points per game. They let up 26 points per game. Uh, they have one very notable alumni. Do you know who that is? No. Arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. Not Aaron Donald. I, I was going to say Von Miller, but he's not Von, Von Miller. Donald. So Aaron Donald, I think Aaron Donald's Pitt. Von Miller, I think, is Texas A and M. It yeah. is Khalil Mack. Really, Buffalo Bull alum. Wow, crazy, right? I remember. Okay. I remember that draft year too. Being like, who the fuck is this guy from Buffalo? There's no chance. Uh, and yeah, now he's one of the best 
defensive players in all the, wow. the whole NFL. Uh, so that's your rundown on Buffalo. Um, our series, we've, we've played them a couple times recently. Uh, 2007, 45-24. We won, obviously. Uh, 2015, 27-14. Um, 2015 game sticks out in my mind for, for a particular reason, though. 2015, second game of the season. Any idea, any remembrance what might have happened in that game? 2015? Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I know we all remember Buffalo games from four years ago. <laughs> I'm putting you on no, the spot. Dude, I, got, I got nothing. Uh, this was Saquon Barkley's coming out party. This was uh, okay. second game of the season. Our first game of that season was against the Temple, I believe. That was the year we lost the Temple. Yeah. Um, and Akil Lynch was the guy. Second game, Barkley goes 12 rushes, 115 yards, and a touchdown. This was the first time we saw any resemblance of his hurdling ability. He had a nice yeah. hurdle up the middle. Uh, and the rest is history. So uh, if that's any indication as to what's to happen this weekend, hopefully we will see the blossoming of another star. Perhaps. <laughs> so uh, some notes about Penn State. Uh, there, there hasn't been a ton, honestly, this week through, uh, through the press conferences. Franklin does a weekly press conference. Some of the players talk. Um, only big notes. Donovan Johnson is back this week. Uh, remember, he was serving suspension for yep. violation of team rules. Uh, same thing with Damian Barber defensive tackle so um, he's someone that's taken a little bit longer to come along than uh, than some would have liked he's actually teammates with Micah in uh, high school uh, and he's going to be he's going to be part of that rotation in the D-line apparently he was same thing serving <coughs> suspension week one so both of those guys are back which is really exciting uh, Pat Fryermuth at practice today helmet on participating in drills so that I think big weight off our shoulders as we here at No Names All Games suspected yeah, I, I think you called that. I think uh, you said he looked fine on the sideline. Don't yeah. worry about it. The no names, all game exclusive. We've got our right sources. Here, this is where you get them. We've got our sources, and by yes. sources, just our own prediction. But exactly. Uh, and then the last thing I'll note: um, I was uh, on the Athletic today. Um, shout out Audrey <laughs> Snyder, one of our favorite writers. Um, it's cool. The Athletic does this thing where they have like a live Q and A. It'll be like an hour. Uh, you type in your questions and that person like replies to them in, in real time. Um, so this one was Audrey doing it. Every school has their own writer. Um, and, and it was one of the questions that uh, stood out to me. Uh, someone asked, hey, did you see during the game that Franklin uh, made Jordan Stout go back on the field and run uh, the full kickoff? Because it was a touchback, right? They, they teach their guys to run all the way through the end zone. And apparently... Jordan Stout like peeled off at the ten, and Franklin had like mid game had him go back on and run around the pylon. I oh, didn't see great. this, but this kid said it, and uh, Audrey wrote back saying, "Yeah, that actually goes into what Franklin's been preaching all off season about championship habits and how they're going to be a championship team because they do all the right things." So that was like I don't know. That was really cool to me. I like it. Right? I love it. Yeah, they had uh, their videos today too. So that one's funny in game uh, doing that, and there were some videos today. That at practice, Franklin apparently saw too much walking that he didn't like. Yeah, I saw this video as well. So some extra conditioning. There were guys doing up-downs, and then there were guys that were just rolling on the ground. That's tiring. What conditioning is that? Do you know how hard it is to roll the length of a football field? No, because I would get really dizzy and probably pass out or throw up. It is a lot more tiring than you'd expect. Okay, so that's like a a punishment. Yes, that's, that's, that's hard. Okay. 
All right, that's fair then. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think the whole championship habits thing is awesome. Um, and we hope to see that kind of continue, you know, into the gameplay, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to. I love this mentality that he's got going. Championship habits, championship team. I think especially when you're not, you know, we're, I think at this point we're like pretty much a solidified strong program, but I don't know if we're considered elite. You know, we're not bringing in tons of five-star guys every year when it comes to those like elite games with the Ohio States, the Michigans, you know, the conference championships, the idea of a playoff, we're still an underdog. Yeah. And that's the kind of mentality you have to have to go from that underdog to get into that level. Absolutely. And, and I think we all hoped that was going to happen last year after the Ohio State game and that, that epic rant, right, of we're a great team. We're not elite. Yeah. That's an elite team. Like everyone kind of hoped that was going to be the turning point. But, of course, we kind of know how the season, season ended with a couple more losses. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited for this game uh, against Buffalo. I do think it's, you know, it's a step up from Idaho. All right? We shit on them enough. I'm not going to keep doing it, but they are an FCS team. Buffalo is one of the better group of five teams in the country, honestly, uh, you know, for the last two years or so, um, with last year being, you know, one of their best seasons. Um, so we look at their team. Uh, last week they played Robert Morris, who is also an FCS team, so think kind of same level as in Idaho. Uh, they won 38-10. to 10. So if we take a look at their offense, they are a ground-and-pound team. They ran yeah, the well, ball. They've got a freshman quarterback. They do. They do, yeah. And that, yeah, they uh, they did not give him a whole lot of opportunities last week. For uh, 5 for 10 for 69 yards. Nice. <laughs> we didn't even plan that, people. We didn't plan <laughs> it. Um, but I will say that 5 for 10, two of those five were touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, doing something right at least. Um, but, yeah, ground and pound. They, they ran the ball 47 times for 285 yards and three touchdowns. So what do you think uh, – what are you looking at when you look at our defense versus that, uh, that offensive attack? So I, I would say this is a matchup stylistically that could give Penn State problems. Uh, a, you know, a, a kind of a run – a very mobile quarterback um, – as far as, like, I, we have a great defensive line, but I would say more so than we're sort of big hole jammers, we're fast athletic defensive line, and that involves a lot of movement, different looks you give the, uh, um, the offensive line, and that creates a great pass rush, but that can also open up big holes. So if someone is a running quarterback, you know, broken plays, things like that can end up going for big yards. Interesting. Okay. I don't think... And the same thing with just running plays in general. It's like you can call the right running play, hit the right block, and break big yards. It's exactly what Michigan did to us last year. Sure. Um, but I think just the fact that like the level of our talent compared to theirs is going to be enough that I don't think that style, the stylistic matchup will determine a ton. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think – And not to mention I think their quarterback's fairly one-dimensional. Yeah. Most likely. I, I can't say for sure – but the kid threw 10 passes, only completed five. Uh, seems to be able to complete some long ones, but still, you know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you look at, that's against Robert Morris, an FCS defense. Exactly. They're having trouble there. Um, I, I actually kind of like this And I think matchup. our secondary is awesome. Yeah, so. agreed. And, and that's exactly where I was going. I, I actually kind of like this matchup because I think our secondary is far and away better than their receiving core. Um, which opens up an opportunity for the front seven to be really dominant. Uh, 
um, talking with some friends this week about the Idaho game. Shout out Brandon Beal. Um, he talked about how, you know, a lot of our sacks, um, you know, they may not have been the most dominant D-line efforts, but because the secondary is so good, they're kind of coverage sacks, right? Um, and, and I'm kind of interested to see how our front seven plays against a team that's going to want to run it down your throat. Um, we talked about on the Idaho recap how, you know, nobody really stood out. You know, Micah had one tackle. None of the linebackers were like, you know, really flashing because everyone was kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, I'm really excited to see how our front seven uh, responds to this. Um, can the D-line get that real penetration without, you know, the, the secondary buying them time? And what, is our, what does our linebacker core look like against a team like this? Because um, you mentioned last, last season there were definitely a couple of games where we struggled hard against the run. Um, I think a year older, a year more experienced, more talent in that front seven. Um, I, I think you see some good things out of them this week. So uh, we'll get to predictions in a minute, but yeah, I think we're I think we're kind of aligned on that sense. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. I think, like I said, it's a it's a style that if we were playing a very good team mm. could give us issues. But I think the talent uh, like difference is so large yeah. that it's not it's going to overcome that and probably expose the fact. Fact that they're one-dimensional, makes sense, and work in our favor. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, so we flipped to their defense last week. They had uh, two sacks, seven tackles for loss, no interceptions. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about this. I, I don't think we need to dive into it real deep. Any, any thoughts on our offense versus their defense before we get to our uh, keys to victory? Um situation uh can he settle down a little earlier than he did last week and also i want to see our D our offensive line give up no sacks again this is should be a, another group that they're clearly more talented than can we be a mistake-free offensive line and can we take care of business like we're supposed to protect our quarterback and you know make it obvious that this o-line is next level yeah absolutely so are those your keys to victory sorry you cut out a little bit in the beginning there um or is that just your offense I, yeah, a little I'll bit of both. I don't know if there's any keys to victory because okay. we should win this one so badly. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to try it anyway. So what we're going to do on these preview shows, uh, we are going to give our key to victory. Uh, and in a case like this, maybe it's a key to a blowout, right? We, we yeah, know we're that's what I would call that. Key to a blowout. Uh, our second segment is going to be don't, su don't be surprised if, maybe a bold prediction or something that we see that we want to call out. Uh, and then we'll talk about the, the betting line, uh, our picks, and our actual predictions. So... For key to victory, anything you want to add to, to kind of some of those things that you just said? Um, no, I think that's those are the two big ones. So hit, hit me again. Offensive line, no sacks. And what was the other one? And uh, can Sean Clifford show that he's comfortable like right away? Can he awesome. settle in right away to a game? Yep, I love it. I love it. Um, for me, a couple things uh, similar. Mine are actually both offensive as well. So first one, third down efficiency. Last week we were one for eight against Ooh, Idaho. Granted, we were two for three on fourth downs, but uh, yeah, you got to be better than one for eight on third downs. The difference between keeping a drive alive for a young offense, the difference between a long field goal and you know potentially a touchdown, those things come into play when you have a better team on the field. Um, and realistically, I, I don't know if that's necessarily, again, the key to victory against Buffalo, because I think we should be fine, but I do think that's something we need to figure out before we get into the Big Ten slate. 
Um, and then my other one is uh, maintain discipline on the penalties. So this past week, we had three penalties for 30 yards. That's good. That's pretty damn good. Um, there were some games last year where we were getting stupid penalties. Racking up those yards. Yeah, exactly. So um, I loved that opening. Three for 30. That's fantastic. Keep that going. Um, so those are my keys to a blowout for Penn State and the Lions. I like it. All right, next segment is don't be surprised if something, either a bold prediction or something you're looking out for, uh, what do you got for this one? I would say don't be surprised if Buffalo breaks off a couple of big runs during this game, especially broken plays with the quarterback. Okay. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, these are things that can happen when the defensive line kind of penetrates too deep, um, sort of like around the pocket almost, and this kid seems to be a run-first quarterback. Don't be surprised if you see, you know, on like a third and 10, if he breaks off a first down run. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking up their box score right now. Cause I, I wrote down the whole 47 rushes for what was it 285 yards, but I actually didn't look at how much he four had. for 47 with a touchdown. Okay. All right. So those, those seem to be like, you know, 10 yards of carry. Yeah. If I guess those are those type of runs. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, all right. I like that one. Uh, for me, don't be surprised if this is actually on our end. Uh, I, I kept it Penn State. Um, didn't look at Buffalo a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, don't be surprised if the starters play 80 to 90% of the game. And I think that yeah. might be an overestimation, but like, I think we got, I think a lot of the fan base and Twitter got so excited about all of the rotation last week that it's kind of like expected. Like, oh yeah, we're going to be blowing them out by half and like, we're going to get all the backups in. Like, for me, Will Levis shouldn't be on the field until halfway through the fourth quarter if we're in a blowout. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see that for the rest of the season. Yeah, like, I, I hope like that not. that much right? playing time for those guys. I hope not. And I mean, yeah. If also, just because... Also, just with a younger team, you still want to get... Before we get to these big games, you want to get the starters more in-game reps. Yeah, and that's my point. It's like, last, last week was fun to get the starters the reps... We were blowing them out, so you didn't want to run up the score completely, get backups in, get quality reps, still dominate. I think this week you see the starters well into third and fourth quarter for most places, most positions. Um, and again, obviously our running backs are going to rotate. Our D-line is going to rotate. Like That's part of the game plan. Um, but I think in general you see our, our, our guys out there for most of the game. Uh, and then my other, don't be surprised if, I'm just going to keep saying this one until it happens, uh, don't be surprised if there's a kick return or a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, Idaho got fucked me last week, but feel better about it this week. All right, so that leads us to um, our betting, gambling lines, and our prediction. So this this game opened up Penn State minus twenty three. It is now up to Penn State minus thirty. Um, I got, I'm, I'm looking at seeing twenty nine and a half. Depends on the book. Which I know it's pretty negligent, but... No, it, it, it's important. Hey, that half a point will kill you. Trust me, from a degenerate yeah. who has lost games on a half a point, that shit will kill you. Um, and yes, FanDuel, who hopefully we'll be working with in the future, uh, has them at minus 29 and a half. And you're under over, uh, currently at 55 and a half, 56, depending on the book. So, um, yeah, I mean, you remember last, last week uh, we were... By the close, forty-two point favorites. So this week, twenty-nine and a half, thirty. It's quite a quite a big jump. Um, hit me with your your predictions, your either the score prediction or what you're picking for both. 
All right. I'm not making the same mistake I did last week. I'm taking Penn State and the over. Wow. Love yeah. it. You and gotta I'm take saying, the over. Yeah, you have to. Life? I'm saying 48 to 10. Okay. Life is too short to bet the under. Everyone yeah. put that on a t-shirt. I actually have a t-shirt. The, the only thing that makes me want to bet the under with Penn State games is I think our defense is so good yeah. that like I don't know how many teams can score. Yeah, and, and that Especially is Especially these point. these like sort of, you know, these lesser teams that we're playing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, my prediction is going to be kind of in that same range. This one I struggled with so hard with that minus 30, minus 29 and a half, because it's like, I think it's right there. Like, I, Vegas is so fucking good with this stuff. I hate it. Like, I, I genuinely hate it. Um, I'm also taking the over. Shocker. Um, I'm not going to place this bet, because I'm never going to bet against Penn State. But in my prediction, I think I have the, the Buffalo plus 30. Um, really? So my, my prediction is 44-17. Uh, 44-17. And, again, like, do I really – do I do I want that to be true? Of course not. I want 80-nothing, right? Like, I, I want those blowouts. But, yeah, I think – I think, uh, and the 44 is where I, I think I'm, I'm, I might be off. I think we might score more than that. Um, I don't see them getting 17. I'm – I, like, I love our defense, and I don't, I don't know. I don't see it either, but, like, I don't know. There's something, like, sneaky about this team that, like, scares me. I don't know why. Um, okay. And I think, I think you know, freshman quarterback, he's going to be seeing a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think he's going to have trouble finding a rhythm. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I, I went back and forth on this prediction so many times. Um, maybe I'll change it. No, I won't change it. I'm locked in. We're, we're men of integrity here. Lock it in. Uh, but 44-17, that puts me at over 56. And, yeah, it puts that, you know. It puts it right on that money. I, I, what's that? A twenty-seven point victory. Um, so it's 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 super close. Like, and dude, if we're winning by twenty-eight points, that's four touchdowns. Like, yeah, pretty good. Um, it's a solid margin. So I don't know. I, I go back and forth, but for the sake of integrity and this program, that will be my pick. Forty-four, seventeen. Good guys win it. All right. All right, a couple last-minute things to talk about. Um, so some updates on gambling in general. Uh, did a little bit of research on this. Uh, if you guys listened to our interview with Nick Dayus on gambling, shout out the Lamb Show. Uh, we talked about all kinds of season-long bets, and we mentioned. By the way, remind me what are the official ones that we laid down? So we laid down uh, Big Ten Championship. Big Ten Championship, fifteen to one. Fifteen to one, and, and we, we put down what, fifty bucks. Yeah, 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 fifty yeah. bucks. Um, and I see the one I, I was looking. We probably should have put some on on national championship just for fun, um, but fuck it. But fuck it, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> moving on, college Real highbrow football. stuff here from No Names All Day. Highbrow, we're really, really good. <laughs> uh, so to win the college football playoff, we opened up at a hundred to one on Fanduel, currently at eighty to one. Oh, we're moving up, baby. On Bovada Offshore Book, forty-five to one. Really, that's a massive jump. I don't. I don't remember exactly what they had us at to start. So maybe they had us around an eighty to start. But still, from most books, we were at a hundred to one. Forty-five to one. You just cut your value in half. Like that's crazy. Yeah, all these people who waited. Fools. So this, yeah. So this goes to say, if you have those bets that you want to place preseason, even if they're just for fun, like we should have thrown ten bucks on the hundred to one. I'm an idiot. I'll try to see if I can find that eighty to one somewhere. Uh, but do them early. Do them early. Yeah. Um, a couple other updates. Uh, the Heisman, Sean Clifford, is still not on most boards. Total disrespect. But once he's once he's there, we'll jump on. Um, but one thing to call out, man, if you are a better and you want to get something on the Heisman, 
how can you not put some money on Jalen Hurts right now in that Oklahoma offense? Yeah. I mean, he's playing against Big 12 defenses. He's playing at Oklahoma over the past two. Heisman's have come from Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. I mean, his first game, he had, what, six touchdowns? Something ridiculous. He threw, I mean, his total yardage was up near 600, like, and he wasn't happy with it. The postgame, did you see the postgame interview? No. It, they, I mean, he had an incredible game, and the, the woman was, like, asking him questions. And he's like, yeah, we got to play better. Got to do better on, on third down. Got to be better in situations. Like, got to do this. She's like, can I get a little bit of a smile? Like, you just played an incredible game. He's like, nope. Got to do better. Uh, so he's currently listed at ten. Currently listed at ten to one. Again, same thing. You got ten bucks. You got twenty bucks, thirty bucks that you want to throw and make some money on that. Pretty good odds for a guy that again is in the system that has birthed the last two Heisman winners. And then last thing on gambling. Uh, so we also talked in that episode about uh, games of the year. So future games that you can look at and how we line up in those. Currently, uh, we are three and a half point underdogs for Michigan. At home, wide out. So what were we think, before? What's that? Were we? Uh, was it? Is it the same line as we were last uh, time? Similar. It might have been a similar. little bit more, but but similar. Um, so same thing. If you're looking to bet ahead, uh, and you think that we're going to continue going in the right direction, and maybe Michigan stumbles a little bit, now's the time to bet that um, because you know if we're if we're in a better position, we may swing to a favorite in that game. So get yourself the free points while you can right now. And then Ohio State, this is at Ohio State, so obviously that factors in. We are plus 10 and a half. That's big. big. I would bet that. I mean, the last, what, three years have been decided by three points or less? Yeah. I would, years, I, would, I would take that, 10 and a half. 10 and a half is a really good line for that. And again, Justin Fields looks great. I'm not denying that. Like, they looked like a really good team. I think Ohio State's always going to be a really good team. Like, yeah. and, and that's what I said all offseason. People were like, oh, Urban Meyer's gone. They're going to suck. Dude, they're still going to be good. Like, will they struggle? Sure. Maybe they'll have some struggles. But I'm not even saying we'll win, but I think we'll keep it closer. Ten and a half. Yes, I would take that in a heartbeat. So if you like betting, go get those. Get on them. Um, last couple of notes just to round this out, and we'll wrap it up. Nice short episode for your Friday. Maybe you're commuting to work. Maybe you're listening to something before you go out for the night. We got you guys. Um, last couple of notes, recruiting. Um, I think this is this is the show that we'll throw recruiting notes in because um, I think our recap episodes are just too busy as is. Not a whole lot on the recruiting front right now. Um, only thing to talk about, Theo Johnson. He is a top tight end in the country, um, second or third tight end in the country, depending on the service you look at. Uh, he has put out his official visits list. Um, these things are always subject to change. But he will be at Penn State for the whiteout, which is huge. Um, really hoping that's not a noon kick. Please, Fox, do the right thing. Give us a night game. Uh, and then he'll also see Penn State when he visits Iowa. So uh, him seeing Penn State live two times is huge. And if we win those both of those games and win them yeah. you know, in good form, that's a big deal for a recruit when they see those teams live. So uh, keep an eye on Theo Johnson. Otherwise, kind of slow right now for recruiting. Also, um, what's the name that we got that offensive lineman from Paramus Catholic? We did, yes. Yeah. Um, and I know he's only three stars, but he's 6'7", 360. Big I, like, I like the sound of that. Big, big boy. Was it Devin Willock, I think? I believe that's correct. Sorry if I'm butchering your name, but I think that's it. Um, yes, that's a big boy, man. Like, and, and, I mean, what's cool is, like, you're seeing – like I said, we talked about Caden Wallace a lot starting as, as, or not starting, but playing as a true freshman on the O-line. 
You're not going to see that with everyone, but it's, it's cool to see some of these big boys get in there early. Um, all right, last thing that I want to wrap up with. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I don't know if this will be a weekly feature, but I think week one, you know, my, my emotions are running high. College football is back. Um, just excited to see how everyone's doing, even the guys that left us. The transfer portal, it's a thing. Um, so I'm going to keep my eyes on it. I know some people have differing opinions. Some people are like, well, they left us. Fuck them. I still got a, a place in my heart for Tommy Stevens, man. I really do. Oh, yeah. I got a place in my heart for Jawan Johnson. Like, I'm going to keep my eyes on him. So uh, we'll give you guys just a bit of a rundown. Um, you know, any any star performances, anything that's, that's worth noting, um, just in case you're not, you know, browsing the box scores like I am. So... Uh, Tommy time, man, I am so happy for this kid. Tommy, uh, starting quarterback, he's named a captain, uh, which is really cool, um, you know, only being there for a couple of months. I think as a starting QB, you kind of have to be a captain, but yeah, cool that his teammates, you know, respect him enough for that. Uh, so he was 20 of 30 passing, 236 yards and two touchdowns, also 11 rushes, 37 yards and one touchdown. So just really, really happy for the kid. Um, yeah, he's gonna have a brutal run in the SEC with some of those teams he's gonna have to play. Um, but happy to see him healthy on the field as a quarterback and, and balling out. So good for Tommy. We love you, man. Um, not a whole lot else going on. Jawan Johnson did not play. He's banged up right now. Uh, Brandon Polk at JMU was the leading receiver for receptions, 66 yards. Also had one rush for nine yards. Um, and then a couple other guys who played, not crazy stats, but Torrance Brown at Southern Miss, uh, one pass deflection, Jarvis Miller at UMass, four tackles and a QB hurry, Daylon Dorian at uh, Delaware, one reception, six yards, Zach McPherson at Texas Tech, one tackle, one pass deflection, and Aaron Monroe at Temple, two tackles. So again, people, people talked all offseason about how crazy it was that we had so many people transferring. Take a look at that list that I just read. Right, like those yeah, guys, I mean, most of those guys wouldn't have seen the field. Exactly. Oh, and they would have in this game. In this game, like, yes. Yes, exactly. They would have been those fourth stringers. So very happy that they're playing somewhere and they're getting their time. Uh, we wish them the best of luck. So that's it for this episode. Um, I think we think we got everything wrapped up here. Anything else uh, Anything else I forgot? Yeah, I got nothing. Cool. All right, so let's run it back one more time. One more congratulations for the Zane Train. Zane Train. Congrats, U.S. national team. Leaving the station. Love it. Love it. All right, let's close with this. Uh, predictions one more time. I got Penn State 44-17, or did I say 13? I can't remember. Uh, no, it's 44-17. You said 17. I know. I'm just trying to cop out. Uh, what was your prediction? Uh, I said 49-10, to 10, I believe. Okay, so let's hope for another great win. Uh, rolling on to 2-0, or as James Franklin likes to say, 1-0 this week. And our focus is on Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. We are.